Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week I'm joined by Bert. Hey, how's it going? 40. Buonasera. And Ham. Yep, yep, yep. And your host, Hamish. So here to review our, what's that, fifth loss of the season? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get straight into it. Uh, Penrith coming away the victors, 20 to the Eels, 2. And what a grand final that was, gents. Very disappointing. <laughs> you know, we got there and turned up on the day. Yeah, for that big grand final out west, you know, Penrith have won the Shield. Uh, congratulations to them. Round 18, uh, pack it all up, boys. It's all done. All I'm done, so, boys. I'm so glad the team was so humble and not interrupt their, their special day, you know. We just followed the script and just let them have their moment. So it's very good for the boys. Very humble. Sarcasm, by the way, that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into these stats because they're extremely lopsided. If NRL.com doesn't want to be a P... Oh, yep, it's showing me the match highlights when I clicked on uh, the stats. Good chat. Do a bit of filler here. Play your uh, elevator music bird, uh, 40. One sec. I can get it queued up. We won't be done for copyright for this one. <laughs> uh, Copyright-free elevator music. Oh, elevator. Ah. Oh. <laughs> I thought you... I thought you were going to put on the Dolly Parton one. And pull away. Holy so Penrith, 64% possession. Uh, time in possession, almost 40 minutes to the Eels, 22. Uh, Paramount are actually completing rather well. 31 from 37 sets, 84%. And, of course, Penrith dominated the all-run metres, 2,200 to 1,300. Post-contact metres, they won. They won seven line breaks to nil. Uh, tackle breaks, 41 to 17. Uh, average set different distance, an extra six metres. Play the ball speed. This this one's a joke of a stat. 3.43 seconds to 3.45 seconds. Some big outliers there to make that even close. Uh, let's have a look. Forced dropouts five to nil, kick defusal. We were only at fifty nine percent. That's not great. Effective tackles both around ninety percent. Uh, One forty twenty uh, to Penrith, and Eels making an extra hundred and twenty tackles, four sixty three in total. Uh, errors only eleven to fourteen. Penalties four each. Ruck infringements eight to three, and then uh, interchange is pretty similar. Yeah, it didn't seem like that, did it? When did we get our... I don't even remember any of our penalties. Yes, so, no, was Bertie, the, do, you want, do you want to start us off, mate? I can recall two penalties. There was the oh, the yeah. Gufferson getting dropped on his head, which was a make-up call for Nathan Brown or Reagan Campbell-Gillard getting spear-tackled and halfway. But um, there was also another one, 20 as well, that we bought, I think we bombed. Yeah, oh, there was also the penalty goal one. So. Yeah. Bertie, you want to start us off? Oh, I just... I'm, I'm happy the team and proud of them that they didn't give up no matter... The amount of ball we ha- we didn't have, like we were getting smashed. Like we we're just they they never give up, and we should have been flogged by a legit fifty points. You know, from p- our previous weeks of defense, like it's just I can't fault them for not giving up. I will say, and I'm and I'm not agreeing with what Buzz Rothfield said. Like God Lord, God Lord, help me, I'm agreeing with him. Moses just kept kicking it down Dylan Edwards, like you know, down the middle. Maybe mix it up a bit. If it's not working for you, kick it out. What's wrong with you just kicking it out twenty meters out? At least you give your team a break. Like this Edwards guy, like he since he's come back, he's he's had like sixty tackle breaks, you know. So he's he's very hard to tackle. So just I don't know, just give your team a a, our, a break. Our and, field yeah. position didn't really allow it. I mean, it was just to angle off the sidelines the way he would have liked to. I don't think oh, he was kicking, I, I, kicking from thirty meters out all of the time. I understand that, but you just gotta just try something different. Just don't keep repeating the same thing and hoping for a different result. Like I, I, that's the only thing I can think of. Like, and people say, "Oh, I attack, I attack." We had no ball. Literally, we had. 
20, what do we have? Twenty sets? No, thirty sets. Not even that. Like we had nothing. And you, how do you expect us to make one hundred twenty more tackles and yet be damaging an attack to the best team that are on top of the ladder? Like right now, I just don't get it. Like I was more upset with the South's loss. And I, okay, I have my usual bitch bitching session about you know, the referees after the match. But like thinking back at it now, there's nothing more we could have done. We we dealt a shit, shitty hand. We worked hard for our sets, right? We didn't get a leg up, like. Um, Penrith did. We had no help from the officials. We're making 30, 30 meters a set, which was like the hardest 30 meters of our lives. And I can't be disappointed with them, you know. Just as the only one I should be disappointed is Kane Evans, you know. If you give up one error, one set reset, okay, defend it, but don't give up three. Like, don't give up. Don't be like the Broncos. Just pull your head in and just rectify your mistakes. Don't compound it even more. But yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on the game. 40. Yeah, I'm going to put on my ref blame hat this week. I don't like to do it. But I think that Jared Sutton caught a terrible game. And Penrith, to their credit, were very like they were up for this game. There was no doubt about it. They brought lots of energy and um, didn't let uh, let the foot off the throat um, for the full eighty minutes. But Sutton was just awful. Didn't call a consistent ruck and uh, sort of that spiraled the sort of the balance of the game out of control very early on. Uh, Penrith were allowed to get crucial six again calls late in sets that allowed them to roll down the field. Whereas Parramatta's handful of six again calls came on the first or second tackle, which is just a um. We'll, we'll talk about six again later because I know you've got a rant plan for it, Hamish, but um, I'm pretty much done with the concept. Uh, I thought the Eels defended, and this has been a point of contention on TCT today with a commenter that is upset that I think that the Eels defended well. But I thought the Eels defended well considering their extremely lopsided possession and time of possession rates. Um, their tackling effectiveness was just as good as the Panthers. And yes, you can talk about uh, the tackle effectiveness rather than tackle efficiency in terms of actual contact. But I think that that was fairly good for the most part given, the, once again, the lopsided possession and the amount of not just possession but territory that Penrith commanded during the course of the game. So, yeah, really happy with us defensively. Frustrated with the offense again because um, we saw Mitchell Moses getting too far, too far sideways again. And, I mean, Clinton Gufferson was equally guilty of, of being sort of tuned out for that play. But, you know, Moses is just sort of leaving Gufferson with five or six meters on the sideline and then lo- I lobbed it to him and Guffo dropped it cold because he wasn't paying attention. That wasn't too great. Yeah, I think that that was a sort of defensive effort that really defined the first half of our season, and I was glad to see us get back to that. Uh, so I just want to see us get the offense in order moving forwards. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, you want to talk about trying to get into a attacking positions. I thought our backs really needed to step up in this game, and they just went floundering, really. Um, our forwards had a big game against uh, the Warriors, big tough physical game in the middle there. So our backs needed to do exactly what um, Mansour and Toto did for Penrith, just you know, you saw To'o there is a bit shorter than Sivo, but probably about the same build and size and just doesn't stop pumping the legs. Whereas Sivo, like, it seemed to be as soon as he gets hit, like he just stops and then tries to get a quick play, like tries to play the ball. Whereas sometimes like you're a 105 kilo winger that can run fast in a short, in a short space of, in a short space, I like, should be trying to hit that line a bit harder and trying to push through tackles. Uh, might have helped us, might have helped us get in better position there. Um, going on 40s uh, ref blaming, there was one penalty, or it should have been a penalty, and I just I don't understand how it hasn't gotten more uh, media time, was Moses, I think I'm going to say Moses Leota. Mitchell Moses was a first marker, runs across to put pressure on uh, Cleary, and Leota just puts his right arm up and just like drags him across the face and like pulls him down. There was... Not even Mo- Moses is like the opposite of protected species when it comes to these things. Yeah, we, we, we talked like, about it against the Melbourne Storm when uh, he got absolutely cartwheeled by uh, Olam. Uh, Justin Olam, yeah, and yeah, no penalty. And this is like you know, <laughs> I, I watched it on replay on a Sunday. 
I saw it, like your referee is, or even touch judges are supposed to be watching the play and they miss it. And the bunker, how many times do we see the bunker come in when there's foul play and we get nothing from this one? It's just like they, they were going off about uh, Joey Leilua rightfully when he uh, coat-hanged or oh, Titans play. I can't remember who. But uh, to me, that's exactly the same. It's, exact, it's exactly the same play. Like He puts his arm out, uh, pulls down a player without the ball high, and we just get nothing. And I th- you know, I can't remember at that time if we were 2-0 up or it was nil all, but with the amount of possession that Penrith had and where they had it, had we gone in um, you know, a bit more attack there and scored or whatever, but that scoreboard pressure on a young Penrith side would have been huge. And I, th- I was really disappointed when we let them score uh, late in the first half because I thought if we go into halftime with a 2-0 lead, uh, that's huge scoreboard pressure on a, on a young team, on a young spine that has dominated possession and position. And what, what made them- Should be said a little bit contentious that uh, try with the lead-up play. Yeah, knock, an obvious knock-on. Uh, yeah, I mean, say that what you will, but, uh, yeah, it's just that little little concentration error was just yeah, a bit disappointing. I think if we'd gone in 2-0, I think it turns out to be a different game because 64% possession and you're only scoring three tries, two of which come in the final 20 seconds of the halves. Uh, a bit of scoreboard pressure in a half-time, I reckon. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, I thought for 65% of percent of possession, um, either Penrith's attack wasn't very good or our defence was very good, um, or maybe a combination of both. Uh, but I thought our defence, we forced a fair few errors out of Penrith. Um, there's still those issues on the right edge. Um, there was only really one big one where Wanga came out and missed everybody. Uh, so it wasn't as bad as previous, but um, still... That there are those issues. Uh, the other issue is uh, our attack. Uh, obviously, Dylan Brown out, that's massive out, uh, but also missing Reid Marnie and having a second row fill in at hooker. I thought that's where we really lost the ruck, is uh, we had to play too much one out and the service was a little bit slower than what it usually would be. Um, and there's no deception from, from either Will Smith or from, uh, from Stoney. And that's not a knock on them. They just don't play a lot of hooker. And, and Smith, this being his only first-grade game this season, uh, I thought he did rather well uh, for, for coming in cold. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it's an obvious step down from having Reed Marty there. Yeah, it was like, and you talk about deception, but also like bringing your forwards onto the ball, which takes years of practice to do, you know, counting numbers while maintaining getting to the ruck. Because um, really, the speed of play and what happens on the play all depends on what the dummy half does. Because if they get, if they can fire it out quickly, they can, so many options. Like, I remember someone explaining to me one time, one second lost at dummy half is five seconds lost a pass wide. That Because that's how quickly the defense can come up. So, you know, yeah, Reed was a huge lo- is a huge loss for us. Um, to, oh, sorry, Betty. So you only have to look at what Reed does. He's thrown 20, you know, 15, 20 meter passes to our halves, you know, to build that space. And I just feel as though with, you know, browning him out, Brad Arthur sort of, I could be wrong, maybe dumbed it down a bit for Stoney and um, Jay, uh, Jay Field, just, just just to make it like, okay, we don't got, we can't do our game plan now because it seems like those players, like Stoney can't do what Reed does, so let's just dumb it down for him because there was times where he'll, he'll get up and he doesn't know what to do and there's like, sort of like a hesitation in his eyes or in his, like, look in his face sort of. So what can you do, man? Same thing happened when we had Kenny Edwards at hooker all those many years ago, like... Your attack starts with your hooker, and 
we're just on the back foot the whole time, so not too not too um, stressed or worried about the attack. Yeah, also, I thought Stony. Oh, sorry. Readout. Sorry, sorry, Am. Everyone's jumping over the top of you, mate. Um, <laughs> nothing with Reedy out. And that's just really usual out. with me and the girls, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, we only had the one choice kicker. It's just like you know, is it, I think I thought Moses' kicking game, like he obviously could have done other things, but those long kicks he was putting up were really good. I like. You, I don't think you could have asked much more. Obviously, you know, as Bertie said before, there could have been times where he put it out, but. When you're in the position that we are, you don't want to be, you know, kicking early. You'd be kicking on your 25 rather than your 35. So that extra 10 meters is, is a big help in the in the grand scheme of things. So kicking early might not have been an option in that instance. But those huge kicks, like to do that by himself, was just massive. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the exact point I was about to make with with Reed. You could have that little dummy half option kick on the fourth from the ruck and get Penrith on the back foot. But obviously with uh, Jai Fields, not a noted kicker, the only other one is Gutherson, but I don't know how long it's been since he's been kicking here. He was more of a, a running 5'8 when he did play a bit of uh, half. Uh, so you were just lacking that second kicking option. And I thought that really hampered us because you could see uh, Moses was hampered all night. Uh, but one thing I do want to touch on is our kick pressure. Um, it's been lacking and it has been lacking for about the last six or seven weeks. Um, and it was really noticeable on Friday night. I know everybody's gassed, but and and the bloke that usually does the the most harassing is Reed Marnie. Yeah, I was but, gonna say uh, Reed's, Reed's our one that usually uh, makes a tackle on the fourth, jumps out a marker, and really puts pressure on the kicker there. But we really do need you know two or three guys doing that rather than just Reedy. Yeah, definitely. And um, I thought that was a bit lacking uh, on Friday night, uh, but and. I'm just trying to think. Yeah. The Sivo, uh, um, his work out, his ruck work out from our end, uh, he just, he shirks from contact. Um, you know, I don't know if it's confidence is gone since he had that shot on his knee against Manly um, or what it is, but it's probably too late in the piece to make a change and to bring in, you know, if there was a reserve grade and Hayes was, you know, smashing it through there, I, th- I think he could make that change. But where we're at at the moment, we've got to stick strong with the team we've got and back them. Uh, we've got two winnable games coming up uh, to build some confidence into the finals, especially in that attacking department. Uh, but Sivo, man, you need to... Last time you played uh, the Broncos... This year and last year, uh, you're in a muck, um, and and I just hope that he can he can build some of that attacking confidence back, um, and and the same for Fergo, just that attacking confidence in the opposition uh, twenty meters zone. Uh, he's sort of you know been standing back off, especially those high kicks and letting Wonga contest. Uh, but I'd, I'd like to see him a bit more involved uh, in those attacking sets. Um, yeah, I thought having said that, what Fergo we had, had a, an off running game, like he wasn't. You saw him hit the line against the Warriors. He was like tr- trying to break through the line on every run. Whereas this Penrith game, he was sort of just easing his way. Yeah, I wonder how much the short turnaround played a factor there as well, on top of the fatigue level from the defensive load that we had. So that's easy to forget that we had the the five day turnaround from that physical yeah. game against the against the Warriors. He was hitting faces, not spaces, like he usually does. And and yes. then to add to the criticism of Fergo, and <clears throat> this plays into the fatigue level argument again, but there were two opportunities on kicks on offense and defense late in the game that were critical and he wasn't there for him. First one was when Mitchell Moses kicked the head um, sort of midway through the count and it was there for him to either force a line dropout or contest the ball on the ground and he just was not in the vicinity, like not in the same postcode. And then a set or two later, I think it was um, Nathan Curry hoofed it down his side of the field and he was a, the um, the open side flanker so he needed to be dropped back and he was in the line and it was a 40-20. So that were two 
big moments in the sort of last 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, I just wonder how much that knee's hampering him. Fair call. I will say, before we move on and finish this game, Stephen Crichton, who's your daddy? Wonga Blake has had your number <laughs> this year. You, you're big, you know, flat track bully. And, like, we, we harp on that Wonga Blake. He rushes in. But every time he rushed in, he made sure he collected Crichton on the way back. Like, he tracked back. And look at the errors he made. Like, how many times... He he looked like a reserve grade a reserve grade player. I don't know if just Crichton's honouring and respecting his master, but <laughs> there's literally a, like his senpai. There's a certain yeah. amount of um of black comedy in the fact that Wanga defended really well that game, and the one try we considered in the first half was when Blake Ferguson didn't trust him with ten seconds on the clock. Yeah, if, if Fergo just yeah. stays out. It reminds me of Dan Gagai. You get Dan Gagai at Newcastle Knights, he's shit. But when you get Dan Gagai at Queensland Origin, he's like an unbelievable player. <laughs> so, you know, maybe he's kryptonite, but I'm, I reckon I'm, I'm confident next time we'll play them, we've got their number. But And the thing, like, uh, you want to talk about Wanga Blake, and there's been a lot of criticism about Wanga um, defensively, obviously, and, uh, you know, not getting the ball out to Fergo. But, and they'll say, oh, that's why Penrith were happy to get rid of him. I don't remember Stephen Crichton passing the ball to Josh Mansour. Like, <laughs> I, I don't remember. There was times where he was open and they just didn't pass. Like I think it is a systematic thing of the Penrith junior system where like, they're taught how to be superstars. They're not football players. Yeah, well, what I want to say out of that is, you know, Penrith, that was probably their best game um, that they've played for a long time. Um, and if they can only lay on three tries with 65% of the ball, uh, you know, not great. And I thought on on the back of that, um, sorry, I did have another point, and then it's just gone directly from my head. You've got one, two, three, four points I can see. Yeah, well. (laughs) 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 Um, But, uh, you know, they haven't had to play close games. Uh, What people, if if you've watched a lot of their games, they've been close against bottom eight teams, and then they'll score a try in the last five minutes to make the scoreline look respectable. And what people have been saying, oh, yeah, they did enough to win. Well, you're about to go into finals. Doing enough isn't good enough. Um, so I think these young Panthers are in for a rude awakening as soon as they get into the finals. And I mean, I'm going to enjoy it when they go out in straight sets and games, see gold. If yeah. games keep trending the same way in terms of officialdom and, and sort of possession rates, they'll be fine. But if t- things tend to clog up and narrow up in the finals, don't they? You know, defences are allowed to get away from more and the refs tend to put the whistle away a little bit more. I think it is it clearing the obstruction on Twitter. Um, one of the sort of pseudo analytic accounts um, regarding rugby league. I think he he had a, a thread stating that the Penrith Panthers have a disproportionate possession rate in twenty twenty. Um, it's like almost historical. They're, yeah, it's it's the biggest since uh, I think North Queensland in twenty sixteen. I want to say no, when when they won their title in twenty fifteen. That's the uh, yeah they the reference. They, they threw everything at us. I'm talking like kick out was running like every they did try to force it to kick out to Martin. And you, the media say, "Oh, masterclass from Cleary." If it take, if you need 60, 60 tackles inside opposition twenty to score three tries, good lord, you need help. That's like last year for them when they had so much possession they couldn't score. Like, I'm a, I'm a little bit less hostile on the Panthers' effort than you guys because I think that they did enough to play the hand that was dealt to them by the game. Like they they didn't overplay their hands. They managed to just keep their foot in the throat. But I do agree that if uh, they hit the finals expecting things to play out exactly the same way, they could be in for a rude surprise. Yeah, definitely. And the other one I wanted to point out is the the Madison uh, lifting up uh, their hooker. God, I forget his name. Oh, that was guys. That was that was that was gamesmanship. He was clearly doing to try and slow the game down and get a break for the Eels. 
Yeah, that, that's what I was going to touch on is the effect comments effect out of the back of that are just madness. Like, it shows you how much a narrative people want to buy into when you see stuff like that. Literally, one of the, the best shows of sportsmanship you're going to see, and it was rightfully celebrated when it happened in the, uh, was it Souths and Tigers? I don't know. There was a, another game recently where someone got concussed and it was it was celebrated for a rival, a rival player and then the ref coming in to try and save a concussed player. And you should celebrate that sort of thing. Yet when Ryan Madison does it because the media narrative is written on him as being a scumbag, they're literally trying to make it up as a gamesmanship thing. That blows my mind. Yeah, but no, Madison obviously with a history of head knocks saw that he was uh, not right and uh, it helped him out, which was good stuff. Um, oh, anything else that we want to... All I want to say is out of it, you know, you're still in a year where... Who's going crazy Sorry, there? my Windows is just getting notifications out of nothing. I'm just going to ignore them. <laughs> I- um, sorry, I was going to say, it, it, look at this. Five losses this year, three against top eight teams, two of which are top four teams. Um, you know, we, we shouldn't have lost to the Dragons and we shouldn't have lost uh, to... Who was the other one? Well, I guess Manly were a top eight team at that point, but... And we sort um, of, we both entered that game in some something of an injury bowl, and you know we we had a lot of game day scratches in Madison and Ferguson on top of the long term injuries, and then on top of that we played an absolutely dreadful first half. So I would still argue we should have won that game against Manly, considering the worst loss was the South one, and you know we used to have three or four of them a year. We only had one of them, like so. I'm happy with that sort of you know. Yeah, but we've still got two weeks to turn this around in terms of attack. Um, obviously, at the moment, we won't be going far in the finals unless we do turn it on in attack. But um, I've got all the uh, trust in the world for BA on how he's brought this team through. Uh, they've gone through a rough patch, obviously, uh, but um, he's got time to turn it around. And hopefully, he'll have uh, some time with a fit Marnie, a fit Moses, and a fit Gutho to lead this team around this weekend. And we just hope that uh, with the two remaining games against teams that haven't been performing particularly well and in terms of the Broncos have been historically bad, uh, we can find a little bit of attacking mojo that gives us confidence to lead into that round one of the finals. Um, the other thing to take out of it, we do have, uh, if we don't win these two games and take care of business like we should, uh, there is Canberra will probably potential, yeah, potential for us to drop out of the top four. Um, so the boys must know uh, that that's the case. Uh, so they really need to pick up and, and win these two games, and we're hoping that they'll win them well. Too easy. Anything else? Uh, no. Fuck Penrith. <laughs> yeah, fuck Penrith. I mean, you know, they're right to their grand final on Friday night. It does sound uh, We'll a, see what's happening. Uh, a very spicy rematch in the finals, doesn't it, if it ends up that way? So. It does, it definitely does. Amazing how a lot of opposition teams have their grand finals with us. You know, we had Manly at Brookie. We had South Sydney against us. Now Penrith, like, I don't know. Teams like to play their best against us, and, you know, Dogs having round one against us. Oh, that's a grand final by taking the L as well. Like, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I I think you said it on um, Twitter, Ham, uh, at a neutral ground in the finals. You know, we bring back our nine. I think bringing back Dillbags as well, having that second kicking option, and and he's played that left side so well this year. So, oh, just and defensively too, like. Well, that that was um, one thing that sort of came up across the course of the weekend, which I know we're going to get to the weekend games in a second, but in the Cronulla game, um, the there was a moment where the uh, the centre back rower, um, what's the one that broke out this year? Uh, yeah, that huge Talakai. <laughs> um, he absolutely steamrolled uh, the opposing centre, I think, and the commentary, like understandably, lost their minds because it was a huge hit. And I was like, Dylan owned that guy for 80 minutes. Like, he just completely cut him down every time, and he's absolutely steamrolling other players in other games. Shows you how good a defender the young man is. 
Right, well, let's jump into some news items. So, first of all, round 19 is the women in league round. So, get out there, uh, celebrate all those women in league, mums, sisters, aunties, cousins, and female players, of course. Any, uh, are there women in league jerseys this year? No, we don't. Uh, I don't think we do. No, sorry. We did the Indigenous jersey, but yeah, not yeah, women we did. In we did a cracking Indigenous jersey, but yeah, no, no women in league jersey. Yeah, so get out there and uh, celebrate all the all of those people in league. Uh, next one. Uh, Reed Marnie voted in the Ken Stephen medalists. Uh, so you can get out there and vote for him. Uh, pro tip, if you want to uh, put your browser into incognito mode, uh, you might be able to uh, vote more than once. Well, I'm just, I'm just being a Trump here, you know. I would, I would never suggest someone write a script using that, um, you just, that exploit you right just, there. You just need to see if you can vote twice to make sure that it's not broken, okay? Because there's all these illegal voters out there, so you've got to do something illegal and, and vote twice to make sure that the other people was, aren't voting twice. I was watching Media Watch last night as a sort of addendum to this, and I think the the Age, the Daily Telly, and there was another Australian uh uh, media outlet. I don't know if it was left or right leaning, and they all had polls on like how the COVID crisis has been handled in Victoria, and it was like sort of quite solely leaning towards the crisis has been handled all right. And then the last minute before the polls closed, it was like a surge of like ten or fifteen thousand votes that completely swung the poll the other way, and it turns out it got yes. it got botted. Like what a shock! Yeah, <laughs> I'm never out of incognito mode. I think it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Jesus, buddy, you know, just because you're incognito mode doesn't protect you from uh, from viruses, mate. What's oh, incognito? I don't understand. I've never, never, oh, never heard. Sorry. Never, never used Control Shift N on my um my web browser. Or so I'm told. <laughs> or so I'm told. Yes. I do my Posca shopping on that, mate. It's very good. A bit of smuggling, <laughs> smuggling of the text of varieties. Jeez. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, all right. We'll, we'll leave uh, that chat there. Um, is there any other football that's going on at the moment? I know the, the women, they've got their grand final this week for the, 20, uh, the, the um, Harvey Norman Women's Premiership. Uh, other than that. Did anyone right. see... The video of uh, Mossy Masoy walking with the yeah, fantastic yeah, stuff. Really eh? Oh, yeah. my heart melts every time. I'm I never pay much attention to other players, but like that's the one I'm always like praying for like speedy recovery because it was innocuous tackle and just to see him like uh, it's 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 really great to see him walking. You know. Yeah, well, what, oh, the namesake of one of the greatest chants in rugby league history. Crescendo, you know, fatter than Mossima, so. <laughs> anyway, he looks slim, man. He might be, you know, we should make a play for him, actually. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, all right, well, it's, there was a full round in round 18 of other football results. Uh, West Tigers 24, Rabbitohs 26. Uh, Wes, almost two weeks in a row with the comeback, but not good, no, not good enough to get over the top. Yeah, well, the, the Bunnies raced out to that 20-0 lead, didn't they? It looked like they yeah, were huge lead. completely blown off the park and then they just fell to pieces. Who would have thought the fun had, the fun had it in him? Seriously, throwing those punches, we are. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, Gagai, he has to, that, that's, that's seppuku, ter- seppuku time, or seppuku, uh, ritual disembowelment for shame. Yeah. Okay, that's all we got to say about that game. Rabdos, the frauds that we knew they well, were. Well, that, that pretty, much, pretty much rules the Tigers out of the top eight, doesn't it? They'd need to win out and have results now, don't they? Uh, I no. think they're actually out now. I mean, yeah, it's not yeah. even mathematical. Okay. Yeah, with Sharks winning on the week, it, no- it knocked three of them out. I think it knocked Warriors, Tigers, and somebody else out. It's a big oof. Uh, yeah, Bulldogs, again, they're just... Uh, what can you say about them? They're just <laughs> trash. 20 to 32, Seagulls, 32. 
They don't want to say anything else other than they're just trash. Typical bulldogs. <laughs> they, let, they had a guy sitting in their reserves, didn't give him a chance. He goes over to Manly and he has, you know, two great games in a row. Like he's scoring tries, and it's just it's just fitting a for the bulldogs. They don't know how to retain talent. Well, their board that that board member that was apparently exposing himself to everybody. Yeah. He's been uh, allegedly exposing himself to everybody. He's been uh, stood down, and then it looks like there's about to be a rival ticket. Uh, trying to oust the rest of the board. They're just uh, the family club. I tell you what, they're going through a bit of a divorce at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they're um, <laughs> the family club. Monica always gets me. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> it's like us. We went through, you know. Oh just, yeah, they're they're they're, they're definitely trending towards the worst of what Parramatta had during that uh, sort of twenty. Uh, well, it goes probably longer than that, but the twenty thirteen, the twenty sixteen yeah, era, tw- twenty ten was probably the yeah. the start of it. Really, wasn't it? The ousting of Fitzgerald. Uh, then to Saturday, host of games, uh, Dragons 8, Raiders 37. Uh, Dragons, the young winger, all of his mates apparently collected big. Yeah, didn't they? First try scorer. 100 bucks on him, first try scorer. He was paying like $14 or something. Bang. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, big drinks out in Dragons Way that night. Or bags, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're not Charlie Staines, mate. Yeah, no jaw lock in, inside, yeah. mate. <laughs> uh, well, the, the old stories that were... Obviously, unconfirmed about the uh, Mad Monday parties involving uh, their ex-coach. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Saturday, Titans 18, Broncos 6. Uh, anybody who tips the Broncos at this point has rocks in their head. And there was about six or seven people in our tipping comp that tip Broncos. Like, my defense, I didn't put my tips in this week, so I had them by default, so... Oh, sorry, I meant my family tipping comp. I don't oh, care. Because okay. I've been on top of our, our one and the oh. podcast one all year. So, you oh, know, we, if, we, if I'm okay. on top of it, you guys must be frauds. <laughs> uh, how funny was seeing that um, the Titans taking the, the Titans fans taking the piss out of the Broncos with that Queensland's... Um, Queensland's shame. That yeah, was fantastic. Just, oh, that, that's up there with like, the Let's Gorn Warriors and uh, Keep It Up Stag uh, uh, posters. That's unbelievable. That's actually smart, you know, because I don't think Titans fans, you know... Took it seriously. I thought they just saw casual fans, you know. No, they've got a they've got a, a sewn on base, and like it's a, it's about ten people, but it's still. <laughs> I um I love that the um the Titans account tweeted at the Tennessee Titans today talking about how if you want any tips to take on the Broncos because they just beaten the Broncos. <laughs> yeah, good like, good uh, social media game. <laughs> like it's cringy, but it made me laugh in a good way. Um, mm. This was actually a shockingly low scoring game, considering. Um, I, I would not have had 24 yeah. points as the, the total points scored in this game by any margin. But, yeah, the Broncos suck. Titans continue being the plucky feel-good story of 2020. Um, I you know, wonder if they can carry that form into 2021 because it's not easy to build upon the plucky underdog story and then turn it into a full-blooded competitive team. But Holbrook seems to have a pretty good grasp on things up there. Yeah, oh, yeah. they've got some good recruits too. Yeah, Big Tino, Fasul Mula Ali or something like that. And obviously, <laughs> and, um, obviously, <laughs> I had it right the first time. <laughs> Big Tino F and um, David Fafita will do wonders for their back row. But uh, yeah, I don't think their their back row is terrible at the moment. They've got that young guy that sort of came in as a centre back rower. Uh, goodness, he's been a fantasy stud player stats. Bo Fermor, um, who's doing some good things for him. But yeah, suck shit. Uh, Roosters 42, Knights 12, uh, Newcastle just... I think it's just showed that Roosters are a cut above everybody this else is, uh, leading into the finals. But this is an actually fascinating case study against our game with Penrith in what a, a more evenly called ruck by the officials can do in terms of the contest at the halftime. Um, I know that the, the score ended up with 30 points to the Roosters, but Newcastle actually mounted something of a comeback of two tries 
and could have you know held out a little bit more and scored another one. Uh, so yeah, they sort of had a chance to put themselves back into the contest because they weren't you know blown out of the game on a lopsided uh, set restart interpretation. So in the end, obviously the Roosters far too good, and I think Boyd Corden is cooked. He had another concussion, didn't he? Yeah, um, I don't know. If, was it was it a concussion or was it something else? No, I think it was concussion. It was a concussion because I know the the poor bastard, one of his cousins or something, the the one that had to get uh, helicoptered out of a game the other week, he passed away. Um, so I wasn't sure if that was part of what was involved in him, just uh, or maybe yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's that's tragic news for him. Uh, but I hope he hopefully he looks after his head because um, oh he, he's windows. taken some punishment in his time, hasn't he? Uh, then on to Sunday games: Storm thirty-six, Cowboys twenty. Uh, Bellamy tearing shreds off the Storm for that defensive performance. So yeah, I just think, I just think Cowboy like like you'd think Bron- like Broncos are clearly the worst team in Queensland, but for I don't see any. I think the I know that the the, the Melbourne Storm defensive lap still let them back into the game would be the the major thing we're talking about, but. Consider that the uh, Cowboys are paying Valentine Holmes a million dollars a season. Well, what I was going to say is Josh McGuire, is he the dumbest person in football? <laughs> is that a rhetorical question? Did I just ask a rhetorical oh, I don't question? Know. BJ Malua's got a few, you know. Yeah, I, don't know. I, feel like, I feel like BJ is interesting because he has like legitimate like mind and brain farts and he'll have like explosive tantrums, whereas Josh McGuire's got a malice to his stupidity. Like, you know, going for eyes and, and the stuff that he does – is like a sort of a level below what uh, Leilua does, where it's like more of an honest stupidity, if that makes sense. Maguire's ceiling is not that high, but but yeah, um, you, know, you, he, you know what? Yeah. Maguire really cost him any chance of it, of the game there because he. Got I wonder banned. what he said. Do we did we end up finding out what he said? Called him as an effing cunt because he didn't get a penalty for what he thought was a rough tackle or something in the tackle. Like, but at that point, Cowboys were up six nil, and it was like. Five minutes into the game, <laughs> um, yeah, just stupidity. Um, but no, I, I take your point there. Forty BJ is just uh, a lovable idiot, uh, but Maguire is what my nan might term a thug. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and then on to the final game of the round: Sharks twenty-two, Warriors fourteen. Sharks shutting out the rest of those teams that were a couple of points off, uh, so they cannot mathematically make the finals anymore. Uh, but Two late tries in the 70-minute mark coming up trumps for the Sharks there, but Warriors again taking them to the line. Uh, unfortunate for the Warriors that they bow out in that way, um, but they, they gave us a really good ride this year, and, and you know I think it's a great thing for that club. Uh, just hopefully they can take what they've got this year, that camaraderie that they built in their core group of players, and, and, and take it into next year, because it'd be a shame to see them um, you know have such a good year and then slide back down next year. Anything else? No, not really. I didn't watch any games over the week. <laughs> well, yeah, you well, came on talking about the, the Parra game like, well late, and I was like, what's going on? Yeah, no, Sharks, I, I think um, John Morris, like, I don't think he's the world's best coach, but with the, the hand he's been dealt this year to even have the Sharks in the top eight, and I know there haven't been any other top eight so- teams, like, they're the best of the the rest of shit teams. Um, but considering how much money they have on their sideline and that they're completely rebuilding this team, I, th- I think he's done pretty well, and... You know, he seems to be under pressure every single week just to retain his job. I think the, the I mean, obviously not the most symmetrical in terms of coaching styles and whatnot, but there's a little bit of Brad Arthur story to Morris, isn't there? Um, inheriting a, his mess wasn't as big, but you know, picked up the Flanagan pieces and all the cap issues that came out of the definitely not cheating in 2016, but cheating every other year uh, saga. And, you know, he's sort of been grafting and grifting away. So yeah, he's, he seems all right. 
And it sort of, it's a reflection of his playing career in a way, isn't it? Just, you know, a guy that's getting the job done game by game. That was the most unexpected 300 gamer I think we've seen. Yeah, exactly. He sort of stands out in the list, doesn't he? Um, All right, well, let's get to the preview then. Friday night, Broncos are back after missing them the last couple of weeks. And if you have your calendar synced to the Eels uh, Google Calendar, note that they're in an error because I was buying tickets for Saturday at 3 o'clock. But we're apparently playing Friday night, so uh, whoever is in charge of the calendar at that end, uh, pick your game up. This is why uh, we have so, this is why we have um, online friends, Hamish, isn't it? Because <laughs> they quickly point it out to you. It's like, no, the game's not where it says it is. Yeah, but I guess um, good thing for me is that uh, I was going to get tickets for this game anyway, so I've grabbed them, um, and I definitely know it's at seventy seven fifty five on Friday uh, night. Uh, so. Having said that, 7.55 kickoff this Friday, the 18th of September. Fucking hell, we're almost into October. Crazy. Uh, at Bankwest Stadium, back at home, uh, Broncos, they'll be, uh, what's that uh, That meme of you know, the, the uh, cat with the, oh, no, it's the dog, sorry, with the, in Vietnam with the helicopters oh, and shit going on. The, the cupcake <laughs> dog <laughs> yeah, yeah. with the flashbacks. Uh, Channel 9, KO, Foxtel Live Pass. Um, be thankful that there is a... Uh, the bubble in the NRL this year, so the Broncos can't get out to the pokey room down in Parramatta. Uh, <laughs> at fullback for the Broncos, Darius Boyd on the wings, That's Corey big. Oates and Richie Kenner. Centers, Tony Staggs, Heavy Farnworth. Do you want to keep, uh, keep making like stupid things every way? I can do it. Sure. <laughs> uh, in the halves, Tyson Gamble, has he? Is that he, a debut? Uh, yeah, he him. was at the Tigers and then got released, I think, last year. Yeah. And then- and then, yeah, made his way back up to Queensland. And the Shermanator, Tom Dearden. Tell me he doesn't look like the Shermanator out of America. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> In the forwards, Joe Offer, Hengawi, and ben, oh, ben Teo is starting. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. no pain Haas. Mm. Uh, hooker, Isaac Luke. In the second row, David Feeder, Captain Alex Glenn, and Locke Patrick Carrigan. On the interchange bench, Corey Pakes, Jamil Hopawati, Xavier Coates, and Ethan Bullimore. And then the extended bench is a Kobe Hetherington, is he? Jack Hetherington's brother? No, he's Kobe Bono. I don't Dunn know. Pride, Peterson Rabati. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> and Jesse Arthurs, that's a footballing name, Pride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep. uh, for the Eels, captain and fullback Clint Gutherson. On the wings, make Sebo Blake Ferguson. In the centres, Michael Jennings and Wonga Blake. Halves are Jai Field, Mitch Moses, Regan Campbell Gillard at prop, as well as Junior Paulo. Reed Marnie returns to hooker, Ooh. and the mail is that he will be able to play this week. Uh, second row, Sean Lane and Ryan Madison, Nathan Brown at lock. Will Smith, after getting a run last week, will re- stay in the team. We didn't talk about him, but it was pretty solid. Uh, he got for a lot of defensive work. I, I was, I was uh, pleased with Will Smith. Yeah, coming in as cold, and he got through, I think it was like 40-odd tackles in 40 minutes, so did the job ask of him. Like, the, the service wasn't great, but then again, he's not a specialist hooker, so. No, I thought he did fine in, um, yeah, especially coming in cold. Uh, Andrew Davey, Kane Evans. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, not happy with Kane being picked. Off Kane. I think Sterlo said it, like, it was the second run of his stint. And still, I was going, you don't have to friggin' offload every single yeah. run you yeah. have. Run first, and if the offload presents itself, then do it. But, yeah, Kane just, he throws the ball back 10 metres, and we end up losing he ground. He flings it, yeah, I know. And usually, Reed Money's there to sort of be aware and awake for it. But even then, sometimes Reed just cannot pull it in because he absolutely cannonballs it out the back. I wish yeah. I took credit for this, but I saw someone on Discord say his tenure is going to end 
how it started, like dog shit and just questionable calls and whether or not it's a good signing. So, so if you didn't say anything about taking credit for it, you could have just taken credit for it. No one would have challenged you. Yeah, no. Nah, I'm a humble guy. I don't take credit, <laughs> you know? It was me anyway. I loved it. <laughs> well, in that then- case, I do take credit for that then. <laughs> Oregon Kafusi, and then the extended reserves is Hayes Dunsa, uh, Stefano Otuikamano, George Jennings returns from the Warriors, the and so does Dan Alvaro. Yeah. And Brett Arthur as the coach, Peter Gentle for the Broncos at the moment, uh, Henry Perinara as referee, mm. Chris Sutton as touchy, and Ziggy. Ziggy. We seem to play well with Ziggy. So That's our boy right there, but we've got Ashley Klein in the bunker, so gross. Yeah, but who's the uh, understudy? Because he's a senior review official. Are they just going to one person in the bunker? Because there was that mooted thing in the um, in the review, the referees review this week, saying that you know the bunker got an easy call wrong. I can't even remember what it was. I don't well, know. Are they going a, to one person in the did, bunker? Or I, I, think I missed. I missed the um, official briefing. Did they talk anything about Sutton reversing a penalty into a six again? I don't think they did. No, they, did they definitely did. They said did they? Um, that's why he changed it. And then when they actually showed the video, um, because they said Junior wasn't square at marker, and then when they showed the video, Junior was square at marker. So but, I mean, I spoke about this on the TCT pod, but in my history of playing both league and union throughout high school and into my um, sort of post-grad days there, from post-grad, post-high school days, um, once the referee blew up a penalty, unless foul play overrode that initial call, that's final. They can't go back on their call. And you even, you even heard on hot mics in the NRL, captains come up because the replay shows that it was clearly a knock-on instead of a penalty. And it should have been, you know, they could have reversed the call. And he said, I'm sorry, I might have made my call. I can't reverse it. So yeah, th- th- I feel like that's unprecedented that he, he actually reversed the penalty into a six again, even though that would have been more beneficial to Parramatta. It's more beneficial to Parramatta, obviously. But I'm just saying that it feels like it was more a reflection of Sutton losing control in the game there. He just had, he just had no clue. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he's way, he's changed his mind in the middle of a call before. So <laughs> I think that's all we need to say, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Raiders fans are, you know, bleeding. Uh, at the moment from that. Uh, last two meetings, Eels 34 to the Broncos 6, and then 58 nil on the 15th of September last year. So yeah. it'll be one year and three days to the day. Um, but we've got a better with the Roosters. We've got the, the wood over the Broncos now, 22 wins to 21. Wow. It, it's a game, it's a matchup that historically, at least in recent years, has definitely felt like it favoured the hero, the heroes, the Eels. Well, A fraudulent slip right there. Um, a good one, though. Um, yeah, every time I've written about it on TCT or talked about it, it sort of feels like just anecdotally that we've dominated them. And yes, they've had a few wins, but uh, their wins have been more than not narrow victories. I think there was a one-point win in controversial circumstances at the end of last year when David Fafita got in behind the a runner to set up a field goal. And then beyond that, we've sort of crushed them. So, yeah, it's definitely a, a positive matchup for the Eels, both statistically and anecdotally. Yeah, and um, who, who do you see as threats on the Broncos team, noting that Haas is out, but I thought we handled Haas pretty well last time we played. Mm-hmm. Um, the big one for me in recent weeks is Katoni Staggs, yeah. of course, uh, but David Fafita, he's carved us up before. So yeah, um, And also their halfback, Tom Deard, and like, I know the Broncos have been shit this year, but boy, for, for a teenage half to come in um, with that shit sandwich, I thought he, <laughs> he's held himself pretty well. Yeah, he, he got sort of thrown to the wolves. He's had a different spine member like between the one, six, and nine uh, in most weeks. So they've just been you know, throwing bodies into the breach there. And, you know, he, he had to shoulder a lot of load as the organizing half in that team that has not given him much support. So he's got plenty of talent. And he certainly, as a junior, looked like the real deal. And um, he's been given a trial by fire. So he could be a, a sort of player to watch. But I think he pretty much nailed the two. 
Um, Katoni Staggs is an absolute phenom with the ball in hand. Um, and against the Dragons, we talked we talked about it when we did our uh, general round review a couple of weeks ago. But he absolutely yeeted. Uh, uh, was it the one going to the Warriors? Uh, goodness, yeah, yeah. You and I can, you and I can into like literally into next week. It, that, that's an all-time highlight. What he did, Tom to Aiken. Shadow Ram, Shadow yeah, Ram. that was um, yeah, Steve won Aishworth like levels of getting fended. It was a thing of beauty. Um, but uh, I think he's probably the number one candidate to watch because I think I, I will knock on wood and sort of not invoke the wrath of the football gods. But Fafita's been a little bit underwhelming since he came back from the injury, and I don't know if it's because like Kane Evans, his mind's on his next you know next gig at the Titans, but he just hasn't been as dominant as he you know is known to be. And the other one, I suppose, that's worth a shout-out historically is it feels like Isaac Luke is good for a try or two against us. He loves he's to burrow over from dummy half. Yeah. Other than that, though, you look at the Broncos teams, you know, the way they're playing, Haas is out, um, Croft got injured. I mean, Croft's Croft... Croft got, got, got called back into the team. Right. <laughs> got knocked out of training. But I, mean, I shouldn't uh, laugh. He's better play than Tyson Gamble, so... Oh, I shouldn't laugh, but um, that that's just brutal for the guy because he wasn't having a great season in particular in general, but... You know, he gets his shot at redemption and then gets clocked. Yeah, I think that's about it. But where, where do we have to attack? I feel is, this is, is a, their edges or up through the middle? This nah, is right the, the middle. Yeah, this is the game where we can get right in the middle, yeah. So just let Reg and Junior tee off with Brownie through the middle, get on the front foot through the ruck, and then look to go wide. Let Mitchell Moses, as you were saying to us pre-game, uh, pre, <laughs> pre, pre-pod Hamish, get Moses to dig into the line, really straighten up that right edge. And even the left edge, left edge if he wants to venture down that side, given that Jake Field is – sorry, my microphone – I wouldn't even mind if we don't look to go as wide. I wouldn't mind if we see um, Mitch sort of stand a bit closer to the ruck and be more of a, uh, a straight Jonathan up distributor, Thurston, yeah, a Jonathan Thurston style halfback. Where um, I think it was 2005 when they won the comp, um, he was shoving Thurston the ball to in the middle. Morgan. Lachlan Coot was on the left hand side, so obviously Jay Field on the left there, and have Gutherson over on the right, which would be a Michael Morgan, really like, and just direct us right around the middle of the field, like because you look at. The Broncos middle, offhand Galway's and Carrigan, you, you're starting middles there, obviously with Ben Teo. But then you're looking at their bench. Um, They're going to be putting big minutes into those two, I think, looking at their bench. I think the only bench prop they have is Ethan Bullimore, who's only played you know five games there. So. And he's more of an edge specialist, I think. Same They've for- played Jamil Hopawati a bit in the centre as well. Yeah, so they'll, they'll probably e- Even though he's predominantly an edge. That's right. Yeah. And the other yeah, thing- Oh, there you go. The only time that Bullimore has started, he started in the second row. So- yeah, you're right there. So really, we've really got to play. <laughs> I said, I can't. Uh, who do I say it for? Um, if we want to win this game, we have to kick off. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Against the um, Warriors, you, you called that. Or no, actually, I think this game we need to receive the ball Ooh, off the kickoff. Spicy. There you go. So no, like offensive, really offensively establish ourselves from the first set. After, what if they kick off? Pardon. What if they kick off before we're ready? That won't happen. I'll make sure it doesn't happen. Ooh. Sorry, that's a that's a Reddit meme. <laughs> the other thing I, <laughs> I wanted to... It's a long rant to say that they kicked off before we were ready. <laughs> oh, yes, I do remember that from the West Tigers supporter. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, um... I, yeah, I remember that. But yeah, I just think we've got to get our hands on the ball. Um, I think that the Penrith loss hurt them. I, th- I saw um, the huddle post-game with uh, Brownie and Will Smith laying the line down. I've, you could see the hurt in the fellas' eyes. So I think if we get our hands on the ball early... Um, and first three tackles, it's just Junior, Reg, Brownie. Tell Fergo, look, stay out on your wing, this one. We just need to go Reg, Junior, Brownie, Lane, Madison, kick, and then big chase, just a really big chase on that first set. I think we can really set the tone with yeah. ball in hand rather than through defense. The other trend I would like to see continue, 
and it'd probably be difficult because he's coming off a, a one-game injury sort of stint. But what Reed Money was doing against the Warriors through the middle was very encouraging, um, being far more aggressive, jumping out of dummy half, um, sort of creating with his running game and, and linking out with Gufferson and uh, Jay Field. So I really want to see that as a con- uh, continuation because I think it takes a bit of pressure off Moses and sort of helps straighten our attack in the process by getting the opposition on the back foot through the middle. 100%. You know, like you got uh, Stoney and Will Smith in there who are um, inexperienced at dummy half, whereas Reedy's now played his 50 games. I think he's comfortable in first grade. He sort of maybe not override Mitch, but knows the plan a bit better than – and knows how to execute the plan a bit better than Stoney and um, – uh, Will Smith there, just because we know that when we do win, we're rolling through the middle, and Reedy knows how to do that. So, yeah, that'll be big in for us too. Yeah, so historically bad year for the Broncos. We we really need to win and this the, game. The, the Bulldogs have fucked it up for everyone. Out. The Bulldogs have one job. Just win enough games, give the Broncos a spoon. Cowards. <laughs> they won't. They missed a... Uh... Oh, who knows who cares? Fuck. <laughs> uh, they play South Sydney on Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, well, South... They could drop one. I think they're frauds. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I believe in the Hamish that believes in South being frauds. <laughs> also believe Penrith are frauds. They only beat the Broncos twenty-five to twelve. If we let in twelve points, Andus Sepiku. Uh, all right. Well, that'll wrap up that. Uh, other sports. NFL started back NFL, this week. Baby. Myself, forty and Ham. We're so happy this yeah, week, the, aren't we? We got the the big Dick QB club with the four TDs, zero um, interceptions. But also, like, the, the thing for you guys that was so nice is that you weren't just trying to run the ball for yeah, no reason we, and then and we, then getting to the fourth quarter and, oh, shit, we have a quarterback that is competent. We, we actually throw the ball. Our, our $35 million per annum QB, $35 million US per annum QB, throw the ball from the get-go and it made a huge difference to our offense. <laughs> what a shock. Yes. Uh, was, Jalen Ramsey, the flop. It was a... <laughs> Seriously. Legit. Legit. I was going to say before Bertie interjected angrily about the PI call. Um, in in return, it was good to see A-Rod sort of had the fire in the belly after the, the package um, drafted QB at the top of the first or bottom. 4D chess. Don't need yeah, a receiver. Yeah, just need exactly. to. Just make, make your Hall of Fame QB really, really fucking angry. <laughs> really fired up. And it could have been so much bigger, Mark Wes-Valdez. It could have been – he threw for almost 400, but yeah. he would have thrown for like 450 if MVS uh, caught uh, one downfield that he really should have caught. Uh, but yeah, no, that was really nice to to watch. You know, you know, the first ten minutes, uh, we went down and we only scored six points and then uh, two field goals. And I'm thinking, oh fuck, here we go again. We got those <laughs> problems in the red zone, and they were soon cleared up, and we dominated, up. Jeez, absolutely the, dominated. The Vikings look yeah, like that's good to uh, beat a conference rival. Yeah, oh, one, fuck, one. you've got it going. <laughs> He's here, got man. it. He's got it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, especially I know all about the Packers. Especially because the Vikings would be the probably the team from uh, the NFC North to push the Packers for the the conference title there. So man, sneaky Lions if they can get out of their own way. Oh my God, the the Lions at the end. I feel sorry for the DeAndre Swift for dropping it, but their coach Patricia never hire a. I know the Titans are riding high off their AFC Championship game last year, but don't hire a Patriots coach. Uh, Bill Belichick works dark magic. Do not hire a Patriots assistant coach. Fuck Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, so for those out of the loop. I did get a favourable call for you, not uh, too early. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, the hands to the helmet. But there was another one similar to Dak. Like, it just, this is what you call a superstar call. He's the highest paid DB, and he literally flopped like Kyle Lowry did in the All-Star game. Yeah, that that was a Kyle Lowry tier flop. I will agree with you for sure. Like, just, I don't, there was no, I can't people say there's an extension, but his extension with his buddy, the, 
the opposite, not it, his palm. It definitely, it definitely wasn't like a full arm extension like you, you see of no. conventional pass interferences. And I know that the refs came out in solidarity saying that it was the right call because that's what they do. They back their guys. But I would be pretty upset if the now, Seahawks are being That was a BS. That. If, that's, if, that, if that's offensive pass interference, there's going to be plenty of them this year. Yeah. Mike Evans is going to be screwed. How else is he? <laughs> Good call. Like, yeah. I, like there's, certain, there's legit certain wide receivers in the league that can't get separation, but they, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. Literally, Hopkin, literally strong on their way through contact, yeah. Yeah. But other than that, like, you know, Hamish would know, like Mike McCarthy, what his off- offense was, but it was just such, it was such. I, I, I took the biggest L this this week. Every single one of my run, team run pass kick, <laughs> run then, run pass kick. We saw. Uh, I mean, got an would- easy choice to tie it up uh, going into the four quarters yeah. uh, in, in the fourth quarter, but for some reason we'll take that as the first opportunity to run a fourth down. Uh, yeah, to to go for it on fourth, um, but that wasn't the worst. Our fourth down call, the the fake punt by the Browns in their own thirty. Browns are going to. But you guys are playing this weekend, so uh, that'll be fun. Who? Oh no, sorry, that's the week after. Yeah, week after. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. All I'm going to say is, like, I don't say this often, but I'm fearing versing the Washington Football Team. The Washington Football Team, the number one in the uh, the conference. Yeah. What about about the Philly blowing a seventeen zero lead? Jesus. You just know, like, their D-line is full of first-round talents. And this is not, like, end of first round. We're talking top 10, 15 picks. You know, the Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Yeah, they've got, like, five or six first-round picks on that D-line. It's actually insane. It's, and last year, they, like, it just – And they, I, they, added, um, Chase, they added Chase yeah. Young to it this year. And, you know, yeah. it's kind of like – I think it's similar to adding Nick Bowser to the 49ers D-line. Just puts it over the yeah. top. Crazy. But the yeah. 49ers obviously more talented overall. Yeah. It'll be okay, Bertie. You guys are good every second year, so this <laughs> is the year you're meant to be good. That was under Jason okay. Garrett, Coach Clap. By the way, I legit – I had to sit down when I saw him in the Giants looking at his play call sheet because usually he just claps. He doesn't do nothing. But for him to put the glasses on <laughs> and study calls, I was like – I don't know what. I was in the Twilight Zone or something. I was, couldn't believe it. We um, Coach Clap. In another code, we saw um, the reigning MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I always get a mouthful out, but the Greek freak getting um smacked out of the the Eastern Conference by the Miami Heat. They lost four one, so the Bucks are um out in the NBA. And then ironic, he's going to go to Miami Heat, I reckon. Well, he had a big sit down with the GM of the Bucks today, and they had lunch. And then the GM can I assured him that they're going to spend into the luxury tax to shore up the team and get in the superstars around him that he needs to win the title. But I, I tend to think you might be right, but he's probably going to be out. It's either, him, it's either them or Golden State, and and um. And then the yeah, other, the other, the only other active series in the NBA at the moment is the Nuggets versus the Clippers, which has gone to a game seven uh, tiebreaker. And <clears throat> you got Celtics and Heat's game one tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But, yeah, um, but that that's the actual conference. Well, that's game that's one. conference this final. Like, yeah. So I meant. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're talking about games, game yeah, seven. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Western Conference final hasn't been undecided yet between the who's going to play the Lakers. And it sort of it strikes me every time I see him, but uh, Nikola Jokic, the the big uh, Denver Nuggets center. Uh, I don't know if he's related to Djokovic, but he just looks a little bit like Djokovic, and it gets me every yeah, time. Yeah, he does. He does. I know they're both Serbians, but like, I know what you mean. He's throw basketballs at He could probably kill a man if he threw. He's that big, um, Djokovic. If he threw a basketball of actual anger, he'd probably knock someone out. Yeah. Um, what else? I know in a couple of weeks we're going to have a big UFC fight. Uh, Izzy Adesanya, the guy who beat Rob Whitaker, versus Paulo Costa. I'm looking forward to because of this... Uh, this Costa guy, he has one gear only. He's coming at you, throwing every punch he can. So, 
It's not going to be like your old, your old Romero who sit back. He's going to come for the kill and a bit of spice in the lead up. You know, he always um, Alessandro calls him Ricky Martin because he's got apparently he's got plastic surgery all over his face. But <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, man. It's My it's going to be a, a really big fight and you know something we need because lately. Hopping codes again. My Seattle Mariners have gone from competing for the number one overall pick to potentially being in a playoff spot. They're um, sort of surging up the ladder, but it's got a tough stretch into the back end of the baseball season. Um, I don't know if anyone wants to see something cool. Kyle Lewis denied a, a grand slam today. Robbed it on the wall. It was a really great moment. And the um, the other thing that I, I'm not sure of was there a resolution to the Messi situation? And by Messi, I mean yeah, he's, he's, I he's he got a billion dollars. Oh, he was going to get a billion dollars, wasn't he? No, no, he's he's staying. It's just I don't know. It's just it's all. Club, he's upset with the club, but mm. it's funny. Like the club has, he apparently they had no clause, but the league has come out and said, no, 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 he's staying. So it's funny that the league is siding with a, with a team, but obviously with the amount of money they get, you know, he generates. So of course they're going to side with the team, but I really hope he's going to leave. Just kind of bit, it's a bit weird seeing um, yeah, the league say that the, the, the clause is um, a legit clause, which is stupid. Seven hundred fifty million euros. It's a lot of more, man. Yeah, especially especially uh, you know in the COVID, that's what worth five billion probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, other than that, Ham, you uh-huh. anything going on in your world? We've been ranting about American sports and whatnot for the last five minutes. Um, porn. Uh, What's porn? What? What? <laughs> incognito mode. Never heard of it. Power just, podcast brought to I, you I by went, Incognito I went camping mode. on the weekend down at, out at Oberon. It was nice and cold. Oberon. Oh, it was a few beers with the boys. Kick back, relax. It was nice. Social distancing? Of course. There was only 19 of us, not 20. So, Gladys, you can put the checkbook away. You can put the <laughs> fine book away. Just all that's going on in my life. No, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm missing junior footy. Yeah. That's all I can say. Yeah. I just wanted all the footy. But, I just want all I mean, the footy. We'll, we'll probably get to it like at the end of season or, or 2021 preseason review. There's going to be some exciting additions to the 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 top 30 and the um the development squad, however it shakes out, I think. So we'll get that. Oh, yeah. That might actually be a pretty good podcast if we're allowed to do that. Yeah. Just a little um update on what's going on with the juniors. So hopefully- um, Sounds good. Hopefully we'll get to that point on the back of a very good finals campaign. Hopefully Vlandaddy's doesn't just shut down all pathways competitions. It's up to the respective state competitions. There it is. what they're doing, yeah. But yeah. then also, I think they get funding from the NRL. So. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little nudge here or there, one way or another, you know, politically to do the right thing based on what the, the big daddy is um, saying. I thought, um, and this could be just showing my ignorance, I thought the country footy league would would still be um, active because, like, the cases... They've, got some, the they've got some bush footy going still. But don't we have, like, the Laurie Daly and um, the, the 16s and 18s version of the Harold Mass? They, like, they stopped that juniors, but... Uh, the grade comps are still going. Yeah, and to be like fair, that, division, whatever. I mean, they yeah. could have played out the the rest of that competition, but by now that competition would have been dead for months or dead completed for months. So I think that they've just moved on and letting clubs. Yeah, the only the junior footy we have uh, currently is the schoolboy cup, the GIO schoolboys or Rival Live, whichever one it is these days. Yeah, uh, GIO, and it'll be resuming on the twenty eighth of September with um, all three uh, traditional Parramatta clubs, uh, St Paddy's Blacktown. Hill Sports High, uh, Westfield. Westfield's, Westfield's uh, all still active in round two of the competition. Because we wouldn't even have, that's an interesting point, we wouldn't even have Jersey flag this year, wouldn't we, Ham? By now it would have been done because it moved to the district reps format, didn't it? No, no, no. It was um, st- uh, New South Wales. It was reserve grade format. Oh, okay. So it would be uh, last round this round. So it'd be- Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. All right. I think we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, that was a nice little rant. Uh, oh, we didn't get our predictions. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, we didn't. Oh, oh, did oh we? thanks. Oh. Jesus, we've been ranting. 
We're so keen we to talk. It. We're so keen to talk everything else. We missed the most important thing. We're just screw with our listeners, eh? We're gonna yeah. Throw this, them out of we we got you. This is just the, the check if the the you know the hardcore listeners were paying attention. Bertie, start off with your prediction for our score. Sending an email. Oh, I'm gonna go savage. I reckon we're gonna win forty six to ten. And I am I'm thinking everything we touch is gonna turn the gold. Okay, Broncos will score a few you know, late tries, but I think. This is a start, you know. When you when you start your mower and the beginning's a bit harder, and then once you get it going, it's all it's all clean sailing. I think we're gonna rip it and tear it, and we're gonna kill them. Oh, our first try scorer, sorry, our first try scorer. I'm gonna go with Blake Ferguson. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep backing him till he scores the first try of the match. Forty. I'm gonna embrace the meme dream and go for the sixty and oh. So we're gonna reclaim our crown from the Roosters this week. Not again. We don't want zero points. Oh, true. But I gotta I gotta embrace the meme though. You know, records there be broken on both sides. So, you know, next week we'll back it up by winning. No, nah, no, nah, change it because um, by logic, we're going to get smashed by the Tigers and we can't have that happening. No, we, no, I'm going no, to have, I'm gonna have meme, a sickie when we do the next week's episode. Meme, the meme dream has to be like, envisaged, Birdie. So 60 and 0, which obviously I think realistically it's going to be you know, a lot less than that. It'd be nice to get like a 30-point win. So, if you know, 32-6 or something like that. But, you know, 60 and 0, first try scorer. Ooh, first try scorer, Sean Lane. Ooh. Him. Ooh. Um, twenty-four to four. Parramatta winning. Jay Field. Ten tried. minutes. No, 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 no it's oh. eighty minutes. Uh, Jay Field first try scorer. Thirty-two with Sibo the first try scorer. Did, wait, did you just say thirty-two two? Yeah, thirty-two two. Okay. Oh, thirty-two two. I just only heard 32, 32 and I was like, what? So 30 eels, two. <laughs> 32 <laughs> two, to two. two Broncos. Yeah, 30 and Broncos two. will kick the penalty goal in the 80th minute. No, nah, they'll kick it early. Yeah, first point. Like to you the got it just before halftime. <laughs> All right. What a pod. Sounds good, fellas. Go the eels. Go. Go eels. Cheers, guys. See you, fellas. We raise our voices to the sky.